0: All right, our final case this morning is number twenty-two one six four six five Jones versus Riot Hospitality Group. Thank you, thank you, Mr. Nathanson. Whenever you're ready.
1: Thank you, Judge. Good morning. May it please the court. My name is Philip Nathanson. I represent Alyssa Jones. I'm sure the court knows by now I was also the trial counsel in this case. If the court would permit me for a moment or two to put into context how, from the plaintiff's point of view, this case went uh, to a dismissal with prejudice for spoliation of text messages... In, in January of 2020, there was a hearing on January 31st, to be specific, before the district court on the plaintiff's motion for sanctions that I filed, arguing that the defense had produced no text messages, that their position was, we don't have any relevant text messages to produce at that hearing, the district court granted no relief to the plaintiff. And at the end of the hearing asked, does anyone have anything else to say? Whereupon trial counsel for the defense said, your honor, we don't want to open discovery. discovery's closed. We don't want any more discovery. But we would like some impeach- impeachment evidence. Uh, these
2: what does that have to do with it, that it's impeachment evidence? You kept saying that in your brief, but what's the relevance of that? I mean, impeachment evidence is evidence. So, um, and, and they wanted the evidence because it had come out at the depositions that there were text messages.
1: No, what came out at the depositions was, Your Honor, were the, the plaintiff and her female witnesses had talked about their depositions.
2: I thought that it was specifically that there were text messages. They texted each other.
1: Well, there were. So I was ordered to produce messages regarding those conversations, which I did. You
2: said you would. I did. and And you kept delaying it, and eventually you came up with 20 messages, which was apparently not very relevant.
1: I produced the messages regarding conversations about the depositions, whereupon the district court
2: You didn't produce the messages. You produced very few messages.
1: However many there were, I produced what we had regarding conversations about the depositions, which is what I was asked
3: to do. And then we got to a point in time where the district court said, gee, there seems to be evidence that text messages during two periods of time were deleted. We don't know what they were about on the face of them, but there seems to be evidence that messages were deleted. (coughs) correct?
1: The district court said that?
3: Yes, it did. And it then said, in order to get to the bottom of this, I want the parties to agree on a forensic examiner who will look at Ms. Jones's phone and the phones of specified witnesses and determine whether or not stuff was deleted and see whether or not he can figure out what was deleted. Correct?
1: I I don't respectfully, Your Honor, think that's correct. Tell me what really happened. Then. What really happened was on March 4th, the district court entered a sui sponte order without notice, without me having an opportunity to respond, stating that my client was required to go fetch the three cell phones from her witnesses and take those three phones and her phone to a vendor. Didn't the judge make some
3: preliminary findings about why he was ordering that no just said as a whim just pick up your phones and give them to some well I don't I don't want to characterize it as a whim but well, you had, was, a, had a pre-trial you had a conference before that order no. was issued it was a discovery no. conference before it was issued
1: we did not we had a discovery conference in January. There was no discovery conference in March when he. And no issued
3: communication with the judge between then and the time that he issued
1: the order. None, zero. The order came over the transom, out of the blue. And somebody
3: asked for something before that.
1: They asked for more messages right. other than what and I. And then
3: produced. you you re- responded to that. I respond.
1: I responded to that. Uh, via email there was no conference with the judge about issuing. How was this put before the judge? It, w- it wasn't put before the judge. There was no motion brought by the defense to to produce four cell phones The The defense never made the request
3: Okay, let, let me I, I know because you've got limited time and I, I uh-huh. want to ask you two questions just as background, to make sure I understand it sure. correctly. You don't object to, I take it, or I didn't see it anywhere in your brief, the judge's finding that messages were deleted from the cell phones of Ms. Jones and two witnesses.
1: The judge found well, that, he, there he were, did, that there you, were an do you, do you, unknown number of messages that were deleted. That were. I, 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 would, I, would, I would recharacterize it as missing. Well, recharacterize missing. it in any way you want. Do you object to the
3: judge's finding that those messages were missing? There were some
1: messages apparently missing. Okay. Un- do you object-
2: unknown number. Well, apparently, I mean, sort of months worth in the sense that these people texted each other every day, which for a while, and then after that there was nothing for a while.
1: Your Honor, my my son texts 5,000 times a month. Right, and prob- am- That's
2: the problem I- here, I'm amazed that- at the that at the quantity of texts. Right. Text. so the point is that the yes, they were doing that, and then all of a sudden they weren't doing that, which is presumably which seemed, which was what I understood Judge Snow, to have what precipitated his order that there seemed to be missing text messages.
1: No. There was no evidence of missing text messages when Judge Snow issued that order. But whether
3: or not, that's why I'm asking, a, dif- I'm asking a different question. L- leave aside for a moment, we can go through the record and figure out what it shows, what Judge Snow knew or didn't know when he issued the order to produce the phones. I'm now focusing on after the phones were produced and after Mr. Cookta Looked at them and issued a report. And, And again, put aside, you can get back to whether or not you object to his report. At the end of all that, Judge Snow makes some findings. And he says, I find that a bunch of messages were deleted. And so my first question is, or you say are missing, that's fine with me. Is that is that finding supported by the record? No. So you think there's no evidence in this case that any messages were deleted?
1: Because, Your Honor, the method by which that conclusion was reached by Mr. Kuchta, which Judge Snow accepted, was this comparison of multiple phones. People must have been texting or, each other. Well, what he these, said, what Mr. And Kuchta
3: said was, gee, these I have a pair of phones, Ms. Jones and a witness. Right. They're texting each other all the time, and then all of a sudden it stops. Okay. And they all go buy new phones, um, and so my conclusion from that, and there's, a, there's there's an absence of even even when I have this phone, there's just no messages on it during this period. I conclude that they were intent their messages
1: were intentionally deleted. Is that can the judge reach that conclusion from? No, that, that's a jump based on based on an assumption. There's nothing I mean, there. Some so people it, might
0: call it an inference, right? Or this is a finding of fact that the judge is making based on. The judge's position. Right? What standard of review uh, should we be applying to um, the ultimate finding? Let's set aside. I mean, a big part of this case is where it ended, right? And I think that's where Judge Horwitz is, is, is going with that, and whether the dismissal itself is justified. So, what standard of review would you have us apply to the judge's um, finding that these were intentionally deleted? Thank you, deleted? Your Honor. So. The standard of review
1: given the dismissal with prejudice in the plaintiff's view should be de novo review because this case involves our production of 51,000 text messages that were used to depose my client twice before we ever
0: landed in that January hearing, which was brought on I my... Was, I was expecting you to cite law rather than fact at the end of that statement for the standard of review. What, where, where, what's the case you'd, you'd point us to where we wouldn't be deferring to this judge's factual findings of intent?
1: Well, I I thought the issue was on the dismissal of
0: prejudice.
3: Well, let me let me let me make it easier for you. I think we have case law that says we review the imposition of Rule 37 sanctions for abuse of discretion by the district court, and that say we review the district court's underlying factual findings for clear error. Do you do you agree that's our standard of review?
1: I think I think we cite that in our
3: brief. Your yeah, I think that's well. That's I think that's your answer to Judge I'm, I'm, Johnston. And we we review for abusive discretion. But what, here, here's and what we review the underlying findings for clear error. So I'm still trying to figure out why Judge Snow clearly erred in his factual
1: findings. Because the phone from the period that this young woman worked for the defendant was produced, searched, and inquired upon. On the merits, that's that's the phone that related to the period of employment. The phone that came two years later, which is what the phone we're talking about,
2: had nothing to do. Well, it had a great deal to do. It had to do with whether there were, and it, it, in fact, it turned out I, uh, there were. Uh, there were there is there are text messages in in the in the record, and I mean, can't quite tell where they were coming from. Um, when the, which period they're from, where her colleagues are saying, you know, you were lying the whole time, Nothing, none, none of what you say is true, you're just looking for money and so on. Where were those checks messaged? Were they from this period, the, the post-January 2020 period?
1: What Did are you, you looking at
2: me like that for? I don't I'm understand. Sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm, trying, I'm not looking at you. I'm trying to remember. Which text messages? Well, there are a bunch of te- I don't. And There are text messages from her, um, the, her colleagues, um, where she they say to her, um, you know, you made this all up, and so on. Were those? Which period of time were they from?
3: Let me let me give you a specific. It had to be beforehand. Well, let me a specific example with the subsequent messages. Uh, Mr. Cookter recovered a partial message from Jones to Foster on Watson's phone, and, but it was not on Jones's phone. Okay. And it was about the case. So, assuming that's true, and I think that's a, a direct statement from the record... Could he then con- conclude that the absence of any other messages about the case from people who had been communicating in that period must indicate that they were deleted? Well, I think she, he, she deleted... There's direct evidence that she deleted or that on her phone, to use your term, there was absent at least one message that had been sent to somebody else about the case. Uh, once once the judge finds that, can he make a reasonable inference about... The absence of other
1: messages? Well, um, I I don't think so, but let's assume that that he can. Is that a basis to dismiss this
2: case with prejudice? So that that leads to the next question. I mean, because because you've been arguing that his finding that there are deleted messages isn't substantiated. But if we assume it was substantiated, um, then two other questions arise. He also has to find intent in order to come within the section of the rule that <clears throat> allows for dismissal. And the next question is, does he also have to find prejudice? And did he? So let's assume for purposes of this inquiry, uh, which is the legal inquiry and one that really matters in this case, that he, he properly found that there were deleted messages. Although precisely because they were deleted, he can't find what was in them exactly or how exactly how many there were or anything like that because they were deleted. So what can he infer from the deletion, if anything, with regard to intent? And if he needs to, does he need to prejudice?
1: Your Honor, if I just may clarify what you said for one second. In 2018, I sent the applicable phone, the, the
2: iPhone. Different phone. I understand. We're not the talking about phone. that phone. We're not I, I, about I those messages. I
1: sent it to a vendor. I
2: understand that. We're not talking about that phone or they those messages. They did quantify the damage. We're not talking about those mes- that phone or those messages. We're talking about the messages that were that dealt with what. what these people were saying to each other, if anything, at the time of the depositions and before and afterwards, um, which which you characterize as being for cross-examination, uh, but, what yes, which go to whether they were essentially concocting um, a, um, a defense or whether some of them were refusing to participate in concocting a defense or what. I mean, not a defense. I mean, the, the plaintiff's case. So forget about the earlier ones. And— and assume that these there was a deletion of the set of uh, on the phones that were in fact sent to the forensic examiner that was agreed upon. Um, what do we do if we? Uh, how, in general, in applying this relatively new rule, does a court go around deciding whether there? And how do we go about reviewing whether this was an intentional? Deletion um, that would support uh, that could support a dismissal uh, under the rule, and whether um, and do we also have to? Did he also have to find prejudice? And how do we review that if he did?
1: Well, the eighth the eighth Circuit case cited by the defense in their brief said they have to show that the messages that were deleted were new and different than the ones that had been previously produced and in order to show prejudice and and obviously
2: there's something in the in the uh, there's there's some something in the um, advisory notes to the rule that says you don't have to show prejudice but it seems to me in some circumstances with regard to the dismissal order you would think you did have to show prejudice Um, but that's a question. It's a legal question about do you have to show prejudice if there was intentional deletion? Well, or, is it, or is it just a fraud in the court whether there was prejudice or not?
1: Rule 37E1 says upon the finding of prejudice to another party. Yeah, but
2: this is not E1. This
0: is E2. It then says or. And then okay, and I think this or. is where Judge Burzon is looking at. We're trying to. There's there's that legal question of set aside whether the judge could find it. Um is, is where would a prejudice requirement come from? Well, I, I think it would come from the other cases that we cited in our brief. So which... the Anheuser-Busch test or the, those other, or do you think those cases, those elements still exist for purposes of the dismissal, notwithstanding the new rule? We cite several Ninth Circuit cases in our brief. Right, but we, d- we don't have a lot of cases. I think, as Judge Burzon said, that are applying the rule, which doesn't quite read the way that our cases once read.
3: Okay. Well, if you put it differently, there's a whole set of case law about dismissal as a sanction under Rule 37, and then there's well, then we have this new Rule 37e2, which comes in, and the question is, do we apply that old case law? To determine whether dismissal with prejudice was required or is there a different standard under
1: E2? I, I think the standard, uh, from the plaintiff's point of view should be, and we cite this in our brief, did, did whatever deletion that occurred prevent the defense from prosecute, from defending the case or,
0: or, or defending themselves but at the trial? The problem
2: of course is that since they were deleted and we don't have them, it's very hard to say.
0: Mr. Nathan, does, does it matter at all? I, I think you suggest it does, and I'd like to just push a little bit on why, um, that uh, the missing messages um, occur after the close of Discovery in this case. Um, and I guess the preliminary question is I, I couldn't find in the record when Discovery closed. Um, I don't think it's disputed that these hearings happened after the end of Discovery. Um, but why would that matter um, if the judge's concern is that these are post-hoc efforts to manufacture the plaintiff's claim? Why does it matter that it happened after the close of discovery, um, that it happened you know, for impeachment or for whatever reason? Why would that timing matter to prejudice?
1: I think there's a couple reasons. Because during the entire discovery period, the defense never said that that there's a problem with missing messages, even though they knew since 2018, when I produced our expert IT report, that there had been 51 deletions on the first cell phone. They never, ever took the position up to the close of discovery that that was a problem. They took all kinds of depositions, two of my client, and... Well, maybe
2: because they thought at that point they would have a hard time showing prejudice because a lot of the material that was produced was fairly damning anyway. Um, But um, now they have a different thing they're trying to show, which is they're trying to deal with the other witnesses and demonstrate essentially that there was collusion or corruption or something among them, and that's a different problem as to which... Um, the, the the deletion would have a different impact. And, it, and it also that it could have been and turned out to be perhaps a much greater deletion.
1: There was nothing said at the hearing when counsel said I, we need impeachment evidence. He didn't say because there's... Missing messages. He said these women were having conversations about their
2: depositions. Well, he didn't say it until it appeared that you weren't going to give him messages, that, that, that he wasn't getting the messages from the other witnesses or from you.
1: I say, as an officer of this court, I produced not only the original 51,000 messages, but every message that we had regarding
2: conversations about was That was, that that was still on the phones. That was the problem that was left on the phones. <clears throat> you produced what was left on the phones. You didn't produce evidence as to whether there were other messages that were not no longer on the phones.
1: Well, I didn't know at that point. Well,
2: I, I, that, that I, I don't think anybody's necessarily blaming you.
1: That weren't on the phones. But but when the judge entered his March 4th order, he doesn't say in there that I, because... There's evidence of, of missing messages. I'm going to
2: have these phones examined. Well, we now know that, as you just said, that there was evidence of missing messages from the earlier Un- period. Unknown number
1: right? of missing messages. I think the defense says in their brief at least one, um, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Mr. Davidson, are there any other points you want to cover? Um, we'll give you a couple of minutes on rebuttal Thank you, otherwise. Judge. Thank okay. you. Thank you. Mr. Nakamura.
4: Good morning, Your Honors. Richard Nakamura, on behalf of Appellize, I'm joined at council table by trial counsel, Sean Carroll. I'd like to start where my colleague began, which is at the January 11th, excuse me, January 10th hearing on the motion for sanctions, and he told this court that we represented to Judge Snow at that time that we had no relevant evidence to produce. I strenuously refute that, and I would like to direct the court's attention to these portions of the record. Can
0: we start by trying to pin down when did Discovery close?
4: Sure. Uh, by the terms of the original CMO, which is in the record, the Discovery cut-off was October 25, 2019. That's an S-E-R-414. That deadline was subsequently extended by Judge Snow to December 31 2019, and your honors can find that extended deadline at docket, excuse me, in the reporter's transcript of 11519 at pages 63 lines 5 through 6.
0: All right. Thank you. With that with that, setting the table... Go
4: I, ahead. I, I, I've made a note to myself to answer that question because I, I heard you ask that of Mr. Nathanson. So get, getting back to my refutation of what the counsel said, we said at the January 10th hearing, he said we had no evidence to produce. Well, by that time, there were a couple of things. Number one, the ESI stipulation, which is in the record had already expressly said, quote, defendants have already produced their ESI. Now, that ESI stip was from March 11, 2019. Point number two, to refute what counsel said. In opposing his motion for sanctions against us, we attached evidence of supplemental ESI that we gave to the plaintiffs regarding emails and texts from Mr. Hibbert, Sanchez, and others, and your honors can find what we
2: attached. Okay, but did you raise? That's sort of peripheral to what we're dealing with now. Did you raise the? You said you wanted um, messages relating to. What was referred to went the depositions by the witnesses. Correct. Did you suggest at that point that there have been deletions?
4: We knew there were deletions
2: on Jones's phone. 51 from the production deletions we got earlier. From right. But you didn't move for any sanctions about that? No. No. And I'm assuming that's I, I, because and partly
4: because the Production from ALTEP took place over the course of several months. We got ALTEP's production between April and August of 2019. Now, it's not until July of 2019 when Jones tells us in a disclosure that Foster, Myers, and witnesses will be her key witnesses. And, and we talk about that at page 22 of our brief in the record at SCR 16161. Which so help us we understand
3: know. how we got from the hearing in front of Judge Snow. Which, which hearing, Your Honor? January 11th. Okay. To the order to turn over. Tell me what happened if, Did something happen at that hearing to push the order, or did something happen in between? Tell us what happened. There is so much that happened between January... Well, I don't want to know the
4: facts that happened. I want to know what happened in court. Okay. So, on January 10th, a representation is made by plaintiff's counsel that production will be made on January 17th.
2: Of these, uh, from 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 Jones's... Not, not the other people. Correct, from Jones' phone. With regard to the post, uh, what period are we talking about that there, there was supposed to be production about? Um,
4: it's not clear from the record what period we're talking about. Uh, the transcript just has Mr. Nathanson saying he will make
2: the production from Jones's phone. But so what was he asked for? I'm sorry? What was he asked for?
4: the relevant non-privileged documents from Jones's phone.
3: And did you identify a specific phone or just say from her phone?
4: I don't think we identified as so, so so I mean, the either.
2: He had already produced, he says, 50,000 messages um, for, for some time period. So we were you talking about the entire period thereafter or some subset of that, or we don't know? Well, but the 50,000 is limited to pre-July twenty nineteen. Uh, I understand that. So are you asking for anything after July 2019 or 18 or whatever it was? What, it, what, do you, what, it, what is it he's supposed to be producing at that point? He is supposed to be reducing the messages from
4: whatever he had that was relevant to the claims that Jones was making against so our you had in this case. So you had gotten
3: at some point the stuff from the imaging vendor. I'm sorry? You gotten at some point the stuff from the imaging vendor. We did. When was that? We
4: received from Digital Acuity. We received from Digital Acuity the non-privileged, relevant
3: when data from that, the four phones. When, when received, did
4: you get that in yes, response yes. to your – because
3: what, what I understand Mr. Nathanson said is, look, we got a request for production, so we gave the phone to a We We did not get the material the vendor,
4: from, the three, from the four phones yeah. until March 4th. 2021, and that was after the district court, after a series of events that transpired so you can t- after the January. Okay, the so you continued to get stuff from the vendor. No, we got we got nothing what? until March 4th, 2021, directly from Digital Acuity. No, and now you're talking about Mr. Cook. Yeah, well, or Mr. Cook. I'm, I'm sorry, sorry. I'm, we're missing
3: each other here. At some point, as I understand this record. Miss Jones' phone was sent to a, a, a vendor. Her vendor. Her vendor. That's right. right. Agree. Yeah, her vendor. Was sent to her vendor because you would ask for images from the phone, and the vendor produced something. Right. When did you get that? Okay. Because my understanding was it was that and the depositions that suggested together something was missing. Well, wait,
2: okay. I thought you got all that. I thought you said earlier you got all that, like around July and August. Yeah, that's Before what I, I thought, to Discovering.
3: So oh, I'm trying to figure out, and it may not be relevant to this case, but I'm just trying to figure out. I thought I understood the timeline until Mr. Nathanson got up, and I must admit, You're not confusing me too. So, so (laughs) let me just, let me just ask a very specific question. The judge issued an order at some point to say turn the phones over to Mr. Cookta. We want you to stipulate to a third party vendor and turn the phones over to him. I want to know what happened in court, in court, not between you and Mr. Nathanson, between January 11th and that order, that gave rise to that order. Was there a motion? Was there a status conference? Was there a hearing? As again, I'm not sure this makes any difference to the ultimate outcome, but just you were both there. Just tell me. You know, I've been tro- looking for the record trying to figure out what happened in that interim. Tell me what happened. Not in terms of who did what I, with I each understand.
4: other. I understand. I understand. So if I'm understanding your question correctly you want to know when we received sure, the production let me, well, from Altair. No no
2: I'm going to make, make it easy but the ultimate question is what was judge snow reacting to Yes
0: yeah the concern uh, here is that this is a you know at, at some point it's a dismissal of the case and they they didn't see these kind of cumulative issues coming up so what was the trigger um, that led to led this case down the path to dismissal with prejudice Was it you? Was it the judge?
3: Mr. Nathanson says, gee, I went to a January 11 hearing. There was no order there about producing phones. And then I get an order in March. Okay. And it says produce the phones. So what happens in between?
4: In November of 2020, November 16 of 2020, Judge Snow gives Jones, Watson, and Myers until December 11th. December 11th of 2020 to produce the documents.
3: But right, well, those are the documents that result from Mr. Cook does review. Correct. I understand that. And, and this may make no difference in the end. But you're answering a different question than the one I'm asking. At some point, Judge Snow issues an order. His initial order that says, I want you guys to agree on a third party. Forensic expert and deliver the phones to him. Actually, he says deliver Miss Jones's phone, but then the other two are, others are subpoenaed, and they end up in his hands too. Okay, uh, so tell me, tell me what happened between either at the January hearing or before that order was issued that led
4: Judge Snow to issue that order. Well, we get the production from Altab. On November 15th,
2: 2019. That's when you got it, which was was now after the close of discovery. After the close of discovery. It was late, but it was related to that discovery.
4: Right, And, and those spreadsheets were given to us. Those were the spreadsheets that showed the deletion 51 of the 51 deletions.
2: Okay. Text messages. Okay. And, and 50,000 productions and 51 deletions. Is that basically accurate? I, I'm not sure. The well, many, productions. many, many productions. <laughs> and, and, uh, and all right. And now you have depositions. What in December? Correct. We have the depositions of the three witnesses in November and December of 2019. Okay. And the documents that they were ordered to produce were what? The text messages? What were the documents?
4: They were ordered to produce their
2: phones to the specialists. That wasn't until March. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, the the, the, the importance of all this, and we're not even getting to the rest of the issues in the case, um, is that there's certainly a fair amount of case law, and it's also just logical, that you don't make people produce their private cell phones without a damn good reason. All right. So what was the reason? The, the reason was that there was extensive
4: evidence that Jones had been deleting
2: communications. Well, the evidence was that, that it's this evidence from November that there were 51 deletions. That's to just you know, say that was the reason he didn't order them in January to do that. And he already knew about the 51 deletions. That's that's true. So but, what led to the order? What led to the order was the continuing
4: violation of his orders to produce the phones or to release the data.
3: Okay, so to when us. did when did he
4: enter those orders? Okay,
3: now and I and don't tell me about the ones later that dealt with the information from Kugta. Tell me about orders. No, I'm just trying to figure out. And this this. This may not be dispositive in any
4: way. I, I, I understand but, but your But
3: your, your friend says, gee, we got blindsided. We went to a hearing in January, and all of a sudden we got this order, and we never had a chance to talk about it. I'm not sure it makes a difference. But I'm trying to figure out what happened between January and the initial order, not in terms of what you got or what he got, but what Judge Snow was told.
4: Between January and of 2020 and the March 4, 2020 yes. order. Did, nope,
3: did somebody go to Judge Snow and say, please order them to turn them over? Did you go to Judge Snow and say, we're not getting the production we required? I mean, what happened? Or did he just, as he may have been entitled to, Look at the record and say, gee, I see a problem here, and I'm going to issue an order. I just, I'm, I'm missing that interim period. Tell me what happened.
4: Okay, well, on, on January 18th of 2020, we received from plaintiff's counsel the unusable, unsearchable PDF production that is not compliant with. Okay, did you, the, did the, you make Judge Snow aware of that? Eventually, yes, we did. How did you do that?
0: That was the January 31st hearing. Correct. So what happened between the January 31st hearing? Um, there was an extension. The court denied a request for more time. There is Jones produced 12-page PDF with more text after messages. The, okay,
4: after, after the January 31st hearing, we reported to the district court in February February 21 yes. of 2020, uh, what, what I just
0: described earlier. And, and what was that the trigger of the March 4th order, or what was the proximate cause of the March 4th order from the court?
2: Well, what did you report? Okay.
4: Be, on February 28th, so mm-hmm. we're less than a week out of March 4th, the parties submitted position statements to the district court outlining where discovery stood, at that time. And those position statements are in the record. And it was based on that, that the court conducted that hearing on
2: March 4th. And so I there don't, was March... a hearing on March 4th? I thought he says there wasn't a hearing on March 4th. He well, says it was telephonic. Came out of nowhere. telephonic hearing. It, it was telephonic. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was telephonic. But there was, there was a, a communication. So when he says it came out of the blue, he's wrong. Yeah. Respectfully, yes.
3: So, okay, so... I don't want us to stay on this chronology
2: for this.
0: <laughs> Maybe <laughs> just for the next three well, seconds.
2: But, but, but there have. is, in fact, a threshold question Please. of whether or not this was justified. And it took this this long to get to the point in knowing that there was some interchange that led Judge Snow to do this. Uh, I, and I apologize for not fully understanding yeah. the question. But once I got the parameters of the time down. And what did you tell Judge Snow that would have led him to do this? What did we? I'm sorry. What did you tell Judge Snow that would have led him to
4: do this? What we told him in our discovery position statements that you got
3: unusable discovery.
4: Well, uh, it, was, it that, wasn't. It wasn't just.
3: Oh, just you've that. Told it, you told You You made the judge aware of the nature of response. The responses to your discovery requests. Correct. In the period between January and March, he held a telephonic conference in March. And as a result of that conference, he issued an order, since you, you and the other side had opposite positions about the status of discovery, to, for the phones to be turned over to third party right, vendors. So yes,
2: to move on.
3: <laughs> so let's <laughs> so, move on.
2: <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, what, I mean, what I'm interested in is how we apply this rule in the sense that, I mean, what's difficult about it is that Obviously, if, if the you don't have the messages, if, I'm, not, I'm not even talking about the inference that there were um, deletions, and we can assume that it's a fair inference for this purpose. How does one decide whether they were intentional, and how does one decide? And does one need to decide whether there's prejudice, and how do you do that? Well, uh,
4: Judge and you were. Correct about what the advisory committee notes say
2: about I know I was correct. I wouldn't have said it if I didn't know the answer. Go ahead.
4: Okay. So prejudice can be inferred if there is a finding of intent. We, 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 that's uh, but
2: is there a need to be does prejudice need to be found?
4: According to the plain language of thirty-seven E two, I, I believe the answer is yes.
2: No, on, it's my, not an E two. Hold on. Hold on.
3: Where well, E2 doesn't require prejudice on its face.
4: It upon finding prejudice. That's one. Yes. Right. And then E2 requires the
0: intent. Right. There's, and then there's the or between the two. So, so there's no right. requirement in the rule for prejudice. Correct. But where would any, requ- so what's your position on whether prejudice is required and if it were, what is it? Mm-hmm. Well, Judge
4: Snow, if it's Required, and I'm not sure it is because it
2: wasn't briefed. If it is required, Judge Snow found prejudice. Okay, but it, all he knows is he, that that. How do you find prejudice from what's not there?
4: When the scope of the what's not there is as massive as what this record show, I think a reasonable inference of prejudice.
0: W- Why can't? Why wouldn't it be, um, to the extent the rules require it anymore, notwithstanding our cases? Why wouldn't you leave that to the jury? Just provide an adverse inference instruction. Why is that narrower sanction not sufficient?
4: Because these deleted messages all went to credibility, and and what lesser sanction would remedy our clients? Inability to test the truthfulness of the witnesses as they're telling their stories. Oh, you, on you the hired, stand. So, what kind yeah. of jury instruction would Judge Snow give that would say to the jury, "Believe, but don't believe well, the you, witnesses"? You, you I, hired the, it, it the
0: expert here. I believe your client hired the expert here. Put him on the stand and say, oh, "There's all these all these texts are missing. Make what you will of it." Um, so that's that's not sufficient. Dismissal with prejudice was is required by the rules, in, in, or,
4: it's, or well, permitted, but re, but permitted. Remember your your standard, Your Honor. It's not whether dismissal was required. The standard of review here is whether you you are left with a clear and firm conviction that a clear error has been made. The well, district court's choice. How do we review How, we the you, sanction? how, how do we review Judge Snow's?
2: I'm sorry. Well, I was just saying that this is just dismissal a lawsuit. You'd think that it should have a pretty high threshold. It, very it, high it is threshold. An extremely a very
4: high threshold. And, and Judge Snow exercised
2: the patience of Job
4: in working with the parties for years to resolve this discovery dispute.
3: Judge Snow made some findings about why lesser sanctions would not be.
4: He most certainly did.
3: did. How do we review those findings?
4: Abuse of discretion. Well, the factual basis for clear error and his his findings uh, as to the uh, inefficacy, if you will, of lesser sanctions.
3: Abuse and uh, and of discretion. the part about inferring prejudice, you have to not only have intentional conduct to infer prejudice, you have to make some finding that the materials... Spoliated, if that's a verb, were were likely relevant to the case, do you not? Correct. And he made those findings too? Correct. So it's just not that he assumed prejudice from what he found to be intentional conduct. He had a basis for finding that the materials not there likely had to do with the case. Correct.
4: Correct.
0: Mm -hmm. Mr. Nakamura,
4: if if, if I may just. Yes. Twenty seconds. Um I, I just want to put this case in a broader context. We're not fighting this tooth and nail because we think there's a technical reading of the law that gets us off the hook. We're fighting this because as a result of spoliation that took place over the course of years, my client has been deprived of the opportunity to present its best defense. And that defense is that this lawsuit is based on fiction,
2: not fact. When I was referring to some texts that are in the record, I don't know what from what time period, um, which seemed to support that conclusion, why weren't those good enough?
4: Why weren't what good enough?
2: Those, the texts that... The texts? The texts that I was referring to before where the, her colleagues were were, were saying... Oh, that, you're, you're talking about whatever. the foster screenshot. No, I'm talking about some texts that I don't know what time period they're from, where the um, witnesses say, you know, you made all this up, you're a liar, you're trying to get money and all that. what are the, What are those from? I mean, th- there were several of those. Uh, right. What and, period is those from? I'd, I don't
3: remember. My understanding was it didn't come from the witness, but from her boyfriend. Is
4: that right? I no, think some of
2: them came from the witnesses. I, I'm sure they did. It, it
4: probably came from both. Right. Uh, but as, as we say in our brief, this dismissal was not based on what was found.
2: This dismissal was based on what was not. I know, but in terms so. of prejudice, if you already have plenty of evidence that she made it all up, why do you need more? But, but who is to be the final arbiter of plenty? I mean,
4: as matters, as, as the truth came out, truth being the extent of the
2: spoliation, the universe of plenty. Well, was but huge. you could go to the jury with the evidence that she made it up from these text messages you do have and with the deletion. So, I mean, it's really a question of how high the threshold ought to be for a dismissal, but why, why were you, what, what chance was there that, that the jury wasn't going to find that the story was made up? We, we don't know, but we should not be
4: left in a position of having to defend ourselves, defend ourselves without the full panoply of the text messages to test whether or not this lawsuit is fact or fiction, and that, that's really all thank, I have to say.
0: Thank you very much, Mr. Nakamura. I thank you, Your
4: time.
0: Mr. Nathanson,
1: two thank minutes. You, your Honour, if I may, two, may make two quick points. First, at the same January 31st hearing, Judge Snow said to me. It seems to me they're not going to win on summary judgment to the extent they're going to argue this practice didn't occur, because it looks to me like you've got pretty good evidence that at least, at least with respect to your client, it did. So this business about a frivolous case. Not he, all he said was, "You have evidence that will
3: be that would get you past summary judgment." He didn't say. It wasn't manufactured evidence, or that it was credible evidence. He was just saying, well, "It looks to me like this is not a summary judgment case because you have witnesses and and your client who said that this happened." He
1: wasn't making a determination well, of the strength of the case. I, I understand your point, Your Honor, but prior to that January 31st hearing, all of these depositions and documents had been produced to Judge Snow. And, and he said he reviewed it all. Now, I have one last point, if the court will permit me. At pages 14 and 15 of the defense brief, they say what is true, that the district court ordered production of the nonprivileged extracted data directly to RHG, riot hospitality, which means at the end of this whole process with Mr. Kuchta, he had created these voluminous spreadsheets of the entire contents of every phone. Judge Snow gave those spreadsheets to the defense. I, I'm not talking about just text messages. I'm talking about conversations with their children, with their, with their husbands, with their employers, the entirety
2: of the contents. Inventoryed contents of well, all of. Them. Wasn't that because you were asked to make privilege determinations or requests and you didn't?
1: Well, respectfully, Your Honor, I don't mention. I don't remember that. But my. Well, there's po- an
3: order from Judge Snow, that says here's how this is going to work. Cook is going to look at this stuff. Uh-huh. He's then going to send stuff that meets search terms that you'd stipulated to. To Mr. Nathanson. And Mr. Nathanson can then make up a privilege log out of that and give the give the stuff that's relevant to the other side. And what bothered Judge Snow, I think, a lot was that you never did that, despite getting multiple extensions and orders to do so. I never got
1: the documents. I, I got spreadsheets.
2: And what's wrong with spreadsheets?
1: What's wrong with spread? It's not a text message.
2: Well, the, spread, it, it, the spreadsheets included had included the text message. They did. Right. They, so you had the they, text message. They did. So what's the problem? I don't get it. I mean, you you had the text messages on a spreadsheet. You wanted them not on the spreadsheet.
1: The, the I mean, spreadsheets had all kinds of personal information. Right, and that's
2: why Judge Snow said you can.
3: In effect, redact these in the order. I'm sending them to you first because I don't want them to go directly to the other side. There may be a lot of irrelevant stuff. There may be privileged stuff. Uh So, Mr. Nathanson, you can look at this stuff, make up a log of what you're not sending on to Mr. Nakamura, and then send on the rest to him. And you never did.
1: I, I asked for PDF documents to produce of text messages.
2: Okay, but I mean, and
1: I uh, was told I would get them by Mr. Kuchta. But, but
2: that, that's an incredibly, you know, technical response. You 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 have the messages. You can claim privilege as to message, you know, on spreadsheet this line and spreadsheet that line, and you don't do it. What difference does it make if it's a separate document? I I, I was baffled by that.
1: Because I interpreted Judge Snow's orders to mean I had to produce documents containing text messages, not the inventory of all the cell phones, which is what they ended up with. So my only point on this is if the issue is prejudice, they got the entirety of all these because cell phones. So where's the prejudice? Well,
2: the prejudice is that there was stuff on there that wasn't there. Okay.
0: Okay. Well, thank you, Mr. Nathanson. Thank you. Case is submitted. We'll be in recess for today.